Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another episode of Merkaba Chakras. Today, it's all about Cupid's arrow set to hit your energetic match in the fifth dimension. I get the privilege to talk to Marla Martinson, who is a mystic matchmaker and author of The Buddha Made Me Do It, a field guide to enlightenment. Now, Marla has been matching soulmates for almost two decades based on the energetic frequency of singles. If you're familiar with my work on understanding our Merkabas to know that we are all souls having a human experience, then Marla's work is the equivalent of date your Merkaba. So forget the 3D push-pull antics, and let's transition to dating in the fifth dimension with Marla Martinson. Marla, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Thank you, Vaughn. Yay, thank you for having me. Excited for the mystical talk. Oh, you know, everything is mystical. Everything is spiritual. So it's, it's all a holographic reality. So everything is and that's that's what I, I, I like to I like that about your profile and what you do is a little bit different from the typical matchmakers but before we get into talking about matchmaking and um, I'm sure you're just crazy busy during the pandemic because everybody can't just easily go casual dating anymore so they're taking a more focused approach to things let's rewind to the very beginning of your journey can you tell us your story of how you went from collecting Buddha statues to leapfrogging you into a spiritual awakening? <laughs> well, it was interesting. I, in 2011, my husband and I moved from Hollywood from an apartment to a house in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles, right? So we wanted a house. We, want, we got our dream home, three bedrooms, two baths, swimming pool. You know, I have my office. He's got his recording studio. He's a musician and composer. And I was decluttering and I, there was one little Buddha statuette. It was one of those wooden ones about this big. And I don't know why, but I, somebody had given it to me. I felt the need to give it to the Salvation Army with some other stuff, right? And, and Adolfo, had ne- my husband had never asked about it. I mean, until of course I gave it away. <laughs> And it wasn't, I know it was given to me. He claims it was given to him or both of us. But anyway, he says, hey, where's that Buddha that, you know, our neighbor gave us? And I'm like, oh, shit. Knowing, uh, knowing my husband, I was not going to admit that I got rid of it. So I said, 
Um, he goes, you didn't give it away, did, it, did you? I said, no, 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 it must be in the garage. It must be packed away, I'll find it. Okay, well, you better, you better not have given that away. You were always do, giving stuff away without asking me. So I'm like, oh my God. So I thought I need to go and I go, I'll just replace it. I've seen them around. And so I started hitting all the spiritual hotspots in Los Angeles and going in these metaphysical shops, yoga studios, looking for a that same Buddha to replace it. And I couldn't find it. And, and every couple of days he'd say, did you find it, the Buddha? And I'm like, no, it must still be in the garage. I'll, I'll find it. So I thought, okay, I'll try one last place. And I'm Googling, are there any places I missed? And I found a place in the Valley in Tarzana on Ventura Boulevard called the Imagine Center. And I said, I'll I never heard of this place. I'll go in there. So I went in. It was real small, real mystical, beautiful crystals and everything. And there were no Buddhas. But the gal at the desk said, well, but we give classes. And here's a flyer if you ever want to come back. And I looked and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they have classes on meeting your spirit guides, on crystals, on all these things for $15 each every Wednesday night. And I called my friend Julie, who's a celebrity ghost writer. And she, uh, I said, and she lives down the street from me. I said, Julie, and she goes, did you find it, the Buddha? I said, no, but do you want to take a class with me? And she's like, sure. Now I had studied metaphysics since the late nineties, but I was not into the witchy stuff, you know, the crystals and the pendulums and the candle magic and all that. So we started taking classes together there and we loved it. We were just like, oh, the teacher there was amazing. And, and so then when those classes were over, we ended up finding other places to take classes. And, and I ended up getting certified in Reiki and I got certified in crystals. And then we took candle magic and pendulums. She brought over a communication board. We connected with my angel. I mean, it went like deep dive. We just went berserk. Like, and uh, I started having paranormal experiences. Wait, wait, wait. Now, what kind of experiences? Because so you, you kind of like jump from one thing to another, like from, you know, some, some classes to Reiki to, you know, seeing auras. And they are quite fun. That you, For you, it's like a, a kid in a candy shop. Mm -hmm. So what kind of paranormal experiences were you having um, from taking these different excursions? Yeah, well, astral travel, for one, um, it was amazing. As a kid, I, it had happened to me a few times where I'd feel myself out of the body, but I started you know, vibrating and lifting out. I saw my dad on the astral plane. He came in. It was amazing because one night I was asleep. My husband's sleeping next to me, and all of a sudden, I'm standing by my bed, and I see this light coming down from the corner of the of the room, and I, I was like scared at first. I'm like, but no, just keep looking, keep looking. Something, someone or something was coming out of that light, and I said, it's dad, it's dad, and I was like yelling at my husband, it's my, it's dad, and he wasn't waking up. I'm like, how come he's not waking up? Then all of a sudden, I find myself back sitting on the bed. He's sitting, my dad's sitting on the edge of my bed in this brown cloak like a monk with a hood and I was like he was an atheist what's he doing looking like a monk it's real weird you know but I scrambled to the edge of bed I grabbed his arm and I was like I love you I love you I love you looked into his eyes he was just very serious just nodding with these watery eyes and then he was gone and I crawled back into the bed and I was just like so awake and so overwhelmed at the experience but then I realized later I was on the astral plane I was met him on the astral plane because I wasn't really standing, my body standing at the bed. It was my spirit standing at the bed. So that feeling spirits touching me, I'm hearing talking in my ears, the third eye showing some patterns and 
um, just so many cool things started happening randomly yeah. from opening up with the energetic work I was doing, getting attuned. I had quite a few energetic attunements. Right, right. So let me ask you about something because I've, I've, you know, I've come across this um, with a couple of different people that I've interviewed and, you know, I have been following spirituality, um, obviously through the metaphysics of Buddhism, but it's not really religion. So we're open to everything. Um, kind of like you, candy in, in a, a kid in a candy shop. So um, I've, I've come across those experiences. So you're, it's basically you're lucid in these experiences. So what, is it, was there like a message that you got out of it? Because there's got to be some kind of purpose. Was there like any purpose for why you saw your father in this experience? Yeah, well, he's, you know, we're very, we're very close. He died in 2001 and he came to, came, you know, he was able to get his energy there to come and meet me on the astral and see me and say, yes, you know, I'm here. And it was, it was amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, once you have these experiences and then connecting with my angel, now I can channel, I can channel messages from my angel, Thomas. And I can t do automatic writing channel things. And then I started a couple of years ago with cards, with tarot cards. And, mm -hmm. and now I'm reading on a psychic hotline. I'm giving, you know, readings and healings. And You're just having a blast of fun. I'm just having a blast. <laughs> I'm like, you know, well, I am a Gemini. So it's like, there's two people here. I cannot get enough of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. So you're just having so much fun and opening up to all these different experiences um, from basically your spiritual, the whole spiritual experience. So like, was there any like pivotal, pivotal moment where like, oh my God, reality just started changing around you? Did you have well, any kind of holographic, I don't know glitches or any red lights flickering and anything like that no lights flickering but i mean i have i do get these touches like i'd be laying on on my sofa with my bare feet hanging over the edge and somebody touched my toe or somebody came at night and touched my i could feel somebody behind me touching my back back with their hands it was real warm i looked there's nobody there poking pull my hair in bed sometimes i feel a lot of touches on my hair my head um things like that. Uh, but, but it, it makes, you know, delving into this stuff makes you realize how magical life is and that we are a spirit in a body and we are connected. Most of our spirit is not in the body. A small slice is just down here. We are up in the higher realms and we can connect and um, just the amazing connection I have with my dog, Macy, and just connecting with you know, other beans. And then, oh, I, I, you know, went into plant medicine journeys and started channeling Pleiades and, and light language. And, you know, it just, and what did you get out of that? What did you get out of the, the, the light language and, and connect channeling is just connecting to another source in another dimension. So um, what did you get up through that connection to another well, with dimension. the ladies, they, they were coming through saying that, you know, I'm a healer and they were, they, they said we are off. It was weird because I, they just came in and started talking. I just started talking and doing all these, these, these things with my hands. And they said, we are off planet guides and we are, we are, what did they say? We are um, changing um, frequent, they were doing different frequencies and, and uh, clearing, clearing ancestral lines and encoding frequencies light frequencies so right was, right you know i was like wow you know and afterwards i'm like jumping up and down because it was so incredible yeah and um 
that yeah. was the sound coming through. So yeah, and you got to get into that that space to to do it. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What I, what I found through like my hypnosis, I do a modality of hypnosis, um, and what I found through my clients is some of my clients have had different incarnations as star seeds from different dimensions from different planet systems etc and they have incarnated at this time to kind of basically help um raise the frequency of people but a lot of times the people um have low frequency because they have kind of layered one issue that's unresolved on another and it's just kind of hold down their energy just making more dense and so they eventually get to a point in their life where they have grown up with all of these conditioning and all these dense issues that they were too young to learn how to resolve. So it just got compartmentalized and then they became an adult and then they're learning to date for the first time and find somebody that they want to be with if they want to be with somebody. And they're dating with all this packed down dense issues that they never really fully address and they're dating with all this baggage and so um what i found through my hypnosis clients i'm not sure if you found this through your hypnosis clients is they've tried these different modalities and how to date and the thing with what i found interesting about your service is that you're a mystic matchmaker and so you're you're infusing spirituality into helping people find their energetic match so what makes um mystic matchmaking different from any other matchmaking service that people can go to well okay so i'll kind of clarify so i don't do hypnosis i'm not a hip, hip yeah no that, that's something i do but yeah yeah and um but so the i specialize i i have my own business for a decade matchmaking with a business partner who's fantastic she does the she signs up the guys the contracts and then i do the matching before that we worked at a beverly hills service together and um, I wrote a memoir about it called Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker. And it tells all about, you know, matching up the wealthy guys with the gorgeous women. So my specialty is uh, my paying clients are the wealthy guy, wealthier affluent men. They're very picky. They do want the gorgeous looking women. So that's where I, my niche and it just, that's how I started in the industry. And that's what kept, you know, it just kept going that way can be very challenging because it can be very superficial. Um, so they want a certain look, a certain age, a certain, you know, hair color, certain breast size, you know, all of that. So I found it very, um, uh, it, sometimes it would get, I would get down, I would get, uh, sh it was shallow and it didn't feel good. Right. So I used my spiritual, um, my spirituality, my, my modalities and stuff to offset it, to balance that. Often I'll send energy Reiki to their files. I'll send Reiki to them. They might do a session with me. The women, um, the women can be in the database for free, but they'll come in sometimes or call me for a reading. So I kind of infuse it and I've uh, mixed it in. So I ca started calling, I used to be called the Beverly Hills matchmaker, right? And, and it just doesn't resonate anymore. I'm not working in Beverly Hills. I'm trying to shift and help people more with, with the healing. So I said, you know, I'm really a mystical matchmaker and, and the, all the work I do. So that's where I combine it. I can't really match people on frequency and stuff because they're so, even the women, it's like, well, he's got to be six feet and up, or he has to have this kind of job, or he's got to be, you know, there's so many, they've, everybody's got their list that's in the 3D 
So, but I do try to energetically shift them even from behind the scenes to call in that soulmate. And then with the coaching, they can clear some blocks. And what you do is great. I'm so excited that you're helping people shift and, and clear those things that in the subconscious so that they can move forward to find a great match. Yeah, you know, the thing that I found in, in my work, and I'm sure you find this in your work, and I wanted to hear more about, because you said some very interesting points that doesn't not does not only happen with kind of high-end dating where you have um, affluent, wealthy men looking for um, a token female to fulfill whatever empty void in their status that they need. And then you also have um, the women looking for somebody to fulfill that survival need, take care of me because I can't take care of myself. So you obviously, and, and that's, that is fine for some people, and that's normal in some areas. Um, however, as we go further into the fifth dimension, I'm sure you know as well as I know that um, a lot of the 3D stuff that we have been defining ourselves with right. um, are not going to be so heavily in play, mm -hmm. such as when, um, like, Poverty is address and survival. Everybody's taken care of um, for the most part. Um, and the need for survival is not a prime reason to pick somebody. Then um, those are taken out of the equation. And then what do you have? You actually have to date for quality reasons for the person, not because that person is going to um, you know, financially take care of you or bring you up in your status and all these other superficial 3D things. So um, that's, that's happening now, but it is falling away. Um, and for like the regular people who are working women, working men who aren't in these far extremes of dating, um, and they just, they're ready for kind of like a soul match, somebody that matches them on kind of um, on their, their level. What is what are some of the processes that you go through with clients to kind of get a healthy barometer of what they're looking for and and how you match them? Because um, I'm sure you when you when you're talking to a client that comes in for the first time, they have these lists. Mm -hmm. Often, them many of them are 3D. Many they start as superficial first, and then they go into like the monetary and then they go in. And so the very end of the list is, is this person a good person to be with? That's like the <laughs> list. <laughs> That's like the last of the list. That's like the bottom, bottom of the list. Is this person a healthy, good soul that I want to be with and, and spend my time with? That's like the bottom of the stuff. But, um, and so it shows that a lot of, um, dating, especially in 3D, has layers of mommy and daddy issues hidden in that. Like I said earlier about um, those dense issues that people grew up in and they pack in, pack in, and then all of a sudden they're out there on the dating market and they're bringing this luggage of dense issues that they're, you know, that's coming up to address from one date to another. So how do you coach clients to heal those wounds or you know, address and be aware of those issues so that they don't date and replicate um, toxic relationships that they may have learned from their parents' relationships. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, everybody has it. I mean, I was very codependent and uh, you know, from my childhood, being bullied, being 
growing up around a lot of alcohol, different things. So I was always picking guys that were putting me down or whatever. And so we all, I mean, anybody I talked to, we all have something, right? From past life or childhood. So um, the men aren't always so open to it. It's like, I want what I want. And they're not always as open to working on themselves. Sometimes I can get them into coaching and there's a some great got men coaches that I can recommend them to as well if they're more comfortable. Um, but doing whatever you can, whether it's hypnosis, whether it's tapping, whether it's breath work, whether it's um, I do boundary coaching, um, going back to shat, doing shadow work, disowned qualities, uh, underlying commitments, um, Carl Jung's work, you know, it's it takes some work. And I find in our society, we want everything now. We just want, I just want it, get, you know, get online. We can't even wait in line without getting all upset or on the freeway, people are flipping each other off and they want, we want relationships right away. Instead of saying, wait, what do I have to clear in myself so that I don't keep picking? But that's going to be some things that we have to move into realizing that also we still have that fairy tale mentality. You know, when I grew up, it was a lot of Disney and the prince is coming on the white horse and the Cinderella slipper. I mean, I grew up on all that. Then we move into the nineties and early two thousands, the rom-coms, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, you know, you've got mail. And, and I, my dream was, Oh, Tom Hanks in that, what a dream man. Well, that they don't exist. This kind of, you know, the guy with that, those quips and he's so this and that. So every, even the guys have some, some issues going on. So we get that. We think that's what I want. And it's not really reality. Right, right. So let me ask you something. So it sounds like before you can even properly match somebody, because, um, it sounds like they, the clients really need to find clarity in what they want. Like well, I'm uh, matching people. I mean, that's my bit, you know, if they want to join the matchmaking service, I'm matching them. I can't make everybody do their, do their work. A lot of people, maybe it's available if they want to do it, but you know, I am, that's how I make my living match high end, high end matchmaking and mm -hmm. for 20 years. And so we have had a lot of marriages over the years, people get in relationships, some people get divorced and come back and sign up again, <laughs> you know, because that's the, you know, 50% divorce rate or, or more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll match people, but I will also tell them, you know, what do you think is, we'll talk to them. What do you think is blocking you? Why do you keep picking the same kind of woman? Can we shift here? Can we try something else? Sometimes mm -hmm. they're open to it. Sometimes they're not. And um, you can't, you can just bring them to the water. You can't make them drink, right? Right, right, right. And it's a journey. It's a journey. Not everybody's going to, you know, come into like a matchmaking service like yourselves um, and have complete clarity, um, be, you know, be open to coaching um, and, you know, releasing and healing those dense issues that are really filtering the way in which they date. Um, sometimes they learn through your service. And they learn about themselves through your service from trial and error, but at least they have like a professional coach walking them through the field through trial and error so they can, you know, learn from one this one date to another and eventually pare down to get a clarity on what they want. Yeah. Um, so the ones that did find success um, in a service like this and they got married, what, what are the common themes that you notice about how they they pick them. Yeah, I mean, well, we had one guy who got married and he he got it. It was on his last match. We you generally do a one-year program and it's, you know, one to two matches a month. And he actually, see, because I have guys who I was counting one of my guys, how many, how many women he turned down because I send them bio and pro, a picture. And I have a guy who's turned down 33 uh, women that I've suggested. So 
um, this guy, particular one that got married, he said yes to everybody because he says, you're the, you're the professional. I'll meet whoever you suggest. He met everyone on his last match. I think he'd met 12 or 13 women. They got married. They're still together. It's been many years and they're, and it's wonderful. Another guy, which is a very, a good story. He was always picking, he was in his early sixties, always picking the hot mess the gold digger, the girl, they look like, you know, a playmate, but they are, you know, want, uh, well, buy me a car, buy me a ring, or they're dating other people or lying, or they're just the hot, the hot. So the, the project. So he's interested in yes. saving the woman. And, yeah. And, and he feel yeah, he says some, and I said, and he kept picking that. And I'm like, look, this isn't working. Why, what is it in you that you keep, he was a very successful professional, very handsome, everything, smart, sweet, and I said, why are you, do you think, well, I think when thinking about it, I think I like that um, subconsciously like that drama. I'm a tech, you know, the, and, and so he said, look, I really finally, after he'd been beaten and battered and, mm. you know, taken advantage of financially and heartbroken and exhausted, he says, you know, I, I gonna not go for the, that look, you know, that like Pam Anderson look, you know, that mm -hmm. I'm gonna just give me a nice cute, I want somebody who will look more low maintenance and sweet. So he shifted, realized, and it was hard because he ha liked that look and men are so visual, but he shifted. And what, what about that specific client? Cause this client is exhibits a lot of similarities to probably some other ones that, um, that you've had. What about that type of personality look facade um, was f fulfilling for him? Is that like, you know, is that like yeah. the token? Is that the token Hollywood? Everybody has to have this token and then this is your, your view of success in a relationship. I and mean, what is it about that? That well, it's interesting because each guy has a, because I, you know, talk to them about it and have to send them pictures and they each have a certain look they like. Uh, some of them have to have, you know, uh, real curvy. Some of them want a, a natural looking brunette or um, some like, you know, there's all sorts of types. There's not just one type because people used to say, oh, I bet all your guys want in their 20s and blondes. It's like, no, they don't. You know, no, they, they, they don't. They want younger than themselves usually because they're paying for a service and they want what's attracted to, attractive to them. It could be stick thin. It could be curvy. It could be brunette, a more exotic Latina or, you know, all American blonde or beach. You know, it's just everybody is different, but they definitely have their type. And however they developed it, I remember one guy, I, I, he wanted the women with the extra, extra large breasts and mm -hmm. implants. And I said, look, you're really limiting yourself because there's a small amount of women that did that. And then women who tend to put in implants that large have emotional issues. You know, it doesn't, it's not going to work out. There's a reason they need to be seen or something they're doing. Right. Themselves. And, and so he was never getting in a relationship because he was only going for that. And he's, and he was a psychiatrist and he said to me, you know what? My mother had very large breasts. So he was trying to date his mother. Yes. And I was like, yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. So he knew, but he wouldn't, but he didn't want to accept it. He was denying he, it. He wouldn't uh, switch it. That's all he wanted to date. And so I couldn't get him into a relationship, you know? Right, right. And so, and, and you bring up a, another, uh, again, 
uh, those mommy daddy issues. Like not every single but every single person who is in in the dating scene or using matchmaking service um, has um, parents relationships that were bad. Some of them are very good, and they try to model that, and so they almost put that on a pedestal, and then try to find this pedestal type of relationship for themselves. Um, and it doesn't always work because that's not um, what is out there. And then you have the flip side where you have people who obviously have mommy or daddy issues where they have had child neglect. They've had um, some toxic relationships with the mother or father. Um, and that's manifested in who they're looking for to be in a relationship with. So they end up basically manifesting um somebody who resembles their toxic mother or their toxic father or whatever the deal is. And so you have a variety of different things. Um, and when you're working with this and you're giving people what they want, and then they're learning, Ooh, I keep getting the same result, same result. Nothing's different. Maybe it's the filter that I'm putting in, but what is it about me? So, you know, because, your service wouldn't be so successful for 20 years if it didn't really produce lasting relationships. Um, and people who just want to date um, somebody who fits XYZ profile and, and, and their token um, idea of success is going to come through and probably just try another matchmaking service because they're just, you know, just hopping from one service to another. So, you know, for, for everybody else who's looking at something like this, because um, not everybody is ready to kind of do online dating or just kind of, they tried dating on their own and just not have success because maybe they're really busy or whatever the deal is. What tips can you give people to help them date um, in a fifth dimensional, higher frequency manner? Oh gosh. Well, first of all, let's, you know, we all, and, and don't beat yourself up or we're not picking on anybody. You know, it's like everybody has work to do. I've done a lot of work on myself and I'm sure you have on, we've all had to, and I'm still doing it, still doing it, even though I'm married for 20 years and I've been married two other times and it's still, I still have issues I'm, I'm working on, you know, with that. So just look at, you know, journal and commune with yourself, get into some quiet time meditation and really write down what, what is it that you're looking for? What are potential blocks, patterns? Um, what do you maybe need help with? And reach out to somebody who's either a coach or a hypnotist or is some kind of energy healer. Just start, um, you can start small and just kind of delve into it where you can clean up some of this um, stuff, these patterns, because Gosh, I, I don't think I've met anybody who has it because even some people you think, oh, they've got a great relationship. I, they're married. Then if you really knew the backstory, no, they're struggling with this or that, or, or maybe it took what it took to get there. So um, don't envy anybody else either because everybody's on their own journey. We don't know what's really going on. And we see that um, in, in celebrity relationships, we see how many, so many of them have been married, you know, three, four, five, six times, and they're just switching around with this movie star with that one, right? They're, you know, they go, they meet somebody on a movie set, and then it's all romantic, they get married, and then they, oh, now he's with this one, and, and it's just rampant, so. Why do you think that is? Because I that think, happens a lot in that, and then also in kind of like um, 
more affluent relationships too, where there's more, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's with the celebrities. It's, um, they're, well, they're also, uh, they're often traveling they're on set maybe for eight months or so long. And then they're with, they're not with their partner. It, it, they're working constantly. And then they're with their leading. Like we saw that with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, who was married to Jennifer Aniston, who was working on the film with Angelina Jolie. And then they fell in love. And maybe if him, he and Jennifer had any, glitches or whatever we don't know but then he, but we see them falling in love with their co-stars and it's so romantic and they're so close maybe they're having sex scenes and romantic scenes and they're spending all their time together and it just blossoms but then once they they're out of that and then they're on to another movie with another co-star that's sexy too it's just like it it can't it's very hard and then all the pressure in the gossip magazines and the, it's just a big mess now with women who come to me, I've had women say, I want to date a billionaire. I don't even want a multimillionaire, a billionaire. And I'm like, look, you know what? Are you sure? Because these billionaires can get anybody they want. There's women throwing themselves at them. They have to have a certain personality to have become a billionaire. Uh, it, it's not like they think it's, oh, I'm going to have this wonderful lifestyle and I'm going to be on yachts and planes and and you know, be careful what you wish for. That's going to be blood money, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. For that, you know, they they're going to have to be spending a lot of time because these are also people who are so driven to succeed and to create more. And I mean, all of that. Um, they're not going to be just home every night with you, you know, sitting, you know, watching Netflix. They're going to be, you know, look at Elon Musk. He's sending rockets to Mars, and you know. And, right, right. You yeah. know, it's so funny um, about. Um, those celebrity couples like um, Angelina and Brad Pitt, um, before they ever got really famous, I actually, uh, when I was like in college and high school, I would look at them, look at their movies and say, oh, you know, they're so good looking. They should, I should put them together. So I would put them together as my own cosmic matchmaking. And then I would put other people together as my cosmic matchmaking. And then over the course of the last two or three decades, many of these couples that I put together actually got together in real life. I'm like, did I, did I, is this all a manifestation of my own <laughs> amusement? Am I like a cosmic matchmaker? But they didn't, but that was just for fun to get, because they, I thought they would look good together. Not that they would actually like last a long time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously that was just cosmic surface level matching. Yeah. Not a soul level matching. Um, because oftentimes, you know, a lot of things go into that, like children and in careers. And there's all these different factors that make a happy relationship um, once you find somebody that you find a connection with. So with that, let's go into the difference between what is, in your experience, the, the difference between a fifth dimensional relationship as compared to a third dimensional relationship. Because you're gonna get to, you you get both types of clients come to you. So how do you work well, with that? Well, I, I can't. You know, I don't match that way. I just um, have to match with what they get. I mean, it's already so. I have to get down age range. Do they want kids? Is there a political now with politics? I have to match based on that. Um, a lot of them won't date the same the opposite party, which I've never had to do that before. Why is why is that? Now, now, now I actually actually asked you a question about this one because this never used to be an issue a long time ago. Um, before people used to have no problem dating if somebody had a, a different perspective, but why is it so polarizing now I, that they won't date somebody? I just can't believe it. It's just really sad. It's very, and it, and it, and it really narrows down again. You know, it's just, people are so, um, 
we're just so, uh, I mean, I've never seen it, how uh, opposite and just holding on to our own beliefs and not letting someone else have, have an opposite uh, thought about, about it. And, and I've never seen that before. So I have to keep that in, in, in there, plus location, um, you know, all of this stuff, plus looks, plus, you know, that I can't, and then lifestyle, oh, some, does she drink? Because I have a wine collection. I want someone who drinks. I won't date a vegan. I won't date. One guy, he was upset, the girl, said talked about chemtrails and that aliens um, built the pyramids and he says you know can't you this is nuts chemtrails aren't real and can't you find me someone normal so I was like oh boy you're in so southern California I don't know <laughs> a woman the way it looks the looks the way you want um that doesn't uh are isn't aware of chemtrails so you know they all these things that I can't get into you know, 5D, 3D with these people. That's not what because I'm doing. Because they, they haven't even gotten to that point. They're, no, just, they're just stuck no. on the, these, these. But, okay. I have so, but so many of the women in, uh, especially SoCal or, you know, California, but other places too, they're so into all this growth and yoga and crystals and they're doing juice fasts and, you know, they're really working on themselves. And yeah. I just love meeting all these amazing women and the guys are slowly, you know, getting into it a little, learning and they're know. slow to the they're, game. They're not, they're, yeah, they're yeah. working on it. They're working on it. And and you know, it that that is so true. I mean, I get a I've for a long time in my hypnosis practice, I get a lot of women coming in looking to okay. I've tried every, I tried this modality, that modality. I tried channels, mediums. I tried psychics. I tried blah 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 blah. Uh, I'm gonna try hypnosis and um and they basically want to get clarity on what they want to experience next. And so, you know, we'll go through that and they get what they need and they're, they're off and running. Um, but lately I've been getting a lot more men than women to deal with their um, childhood issues that have been kind of filtering in to a lot of the ways in which they are, how they're raising their children, how they're dating, um, you know, how they are in their relationship etc and so the guys are coming into the fold and, and they're working on their the inner healing and what I found with all these different modalities it doesn't really matter what modality I personally don't think it matters what modality it, it that people use because um, at the very end of it it's just about getting clarity so that you can manifest the best experience here in this lifetime while you're here. And that's basically what everybody's trying to do is have the best experience possible because nobody wants to live a life where they're just tormented all the time and they self-torment themselves in all the different ways that they could do it. So, um, you know, totally get that. But like, you know, how can like single people navigate any nuances in their reality so that they can match with somebody who is kind of at their at their level of where they they want to go. So can you give me some like examples? Like let's say a client comes in and says, um, Marla, I played the field. I'm totally ready to settle down right now. I have unsuccessfully tried it my myself. It didn't work. So I'm here for a professional. Um, you know, I don't want to date forever. So you know, tell me what to do. What I'm willing to do anything. You have all these tools in your bag um, that is of spiritual work. So I'm willing to do anything. Like your best, cl perfect client. Like what is your process? What what can they expect from you? 
Well, so the men who, you know, the paying clients, they'll come first, they'll talk to my business partner, Fredly, and they'll go over their whole history of dating. And, you know, a lot of them will say, oh, my ex was a narcissist, or I found out she was on, you know, she got addicted to pills, or, you know, there's all these stories. Or um, we had a child custody thing, you know, there's people, or maybe somebody's never been married, and we find out why. So she goes through all that with them. And then if we find, feel, then we sp speak, me and my partner, and if we feel they're a good fit, they'll come over to me and then I'll interview them and find out what kind of lady they're looking for and all of that. So, um, and then along the way we get feedback. So we fine tune it and, and we start with one match. And, but frequency, see frequency is always matched. That's the way the universe works. It doesn't work any different. Frequency is always gonna be matched. So whatever frequency, uh, you're at, that's what's going to um, end up coming in. So I do suggest that you, you know, whether it's with me, whether it's with you or anybody else, you know, get, get some, start working on yourself or with some books or online, whatever it is, just get your frequency up, clear out some old patterns and start working with yourself. But we'll work with people. I mean, we don't demand people do any in, inner work to work with us or anything. That's just, um, you know, we are working in the 3D in this matchmaking, but I infuse my own 5D cosmics. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to send good energy to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, what typically I find is everybody's going to be exactly where they're supposed to be at that time, and they're getting the exact lesson that they're supposed to get. And they, they may not understand why they're going through certain experiences, but, um, you know, in, through hypnosis, it is revealed why they went through and they're like, oh, I am actually where I'm supposed to be. And so if they're coming to you, they're supposed to come to you. If they're dating the people that they're dating, it's supposed to happen for their own evolution and for their own growth. So it's funny that you say that eventually they all end up getting matched to the perfect frequency anyways. The universe is very funny that way. It's just going to cosmically match people anyways. And then I know what I found in my hypnosis they have been married a couple of lifetimes anyway. So even the way that they zigzag to find each other might be, you know, they think they're, they're um, being creative, but they still found each other all these different lifetimes. It's very funny. Um, you know, what last message do you have for, for people who are currently dating right now during the pandemic and, and how can they do that best with a matchmaking service like yourself? Yeah, we're having, you know, people are, at first it was so crazy when it's the COVID, you know, shut down everything and all my clients went on hold. They're all like, I'm not dating right now. And they, everybody was like freaking out and, and uh, it went on quite a while. But now the last month, people are like, they're getting sick of this and they're, they're right. Everybody, my, every single person uh, is dating again. They're all, and I just got one guy that just te uh, texted me yesterday hey, is anything going on? Yes, I said, everybody's dating. Come on, join in. And people are meeting in person. If they're not meeting in person, they're doing Zoom dates. I had a guy order a gallon bottle of champagne and they had a Zoom date and chatted. He was in LA, she was in Florida. Um, they're FaceTiming, they're talking on the phone. One gal's flying tomorrow over to Arizona to meet a guy. He's going to take her out and have a great dinner and have a wonderful time. So people are, are, are doing it. It's like you know, like, oh, the sun came out again. You know, people are wanting to find love. It was very frustrating for people being locked down and not being able to look for love all these months, you know, and, and so it's, it feels good. It feels good to be that's back. That's good. That, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, 
people are resilient. Now, Marla, I could talk to you all day about relationships of the fifth dimension and finding that perfect match. Um, and I think people is going to really enjoy doing a little early spring cleaning on their inner consciousness and personal wellness so that they can manifest that, that 5D type of relationship and love affair with themselves and with somebody else that they attract into their life. Um, so I think 5D dating is going to be a hoot to experience and a lot of people are, are working towards that. Some people are there earlier than others. And so to get a matchmaker who's kind of tuned into that and have all these different tricks of the trade in spirituality um, is, is very unique in this profession. So for everybody else, if you want more information about Marla Martinson's Mystic Matchmaking Service, please visit her website, um, marlamartinson.com. She also provides coaching services. If you're not quite ready to get your feet wet and get matched up to some of these different um, people in your area, she will help you with coaching to kind of help you un clean up those 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 dense energies so that you could be high vibe. And then when you are ready, her service is there to match you up as well. So um, Marla, thank you so much for the interview. For everyone else, thank you for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, Marla. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.